Welcome to the Run, Lift, Grow podcast with your hosts, Caleb Dilley and Ryan Heenan. From novice to elite athletes, we are here to tell your story and share our perspective. Let's go. What's up, everybody? It's Caleb and Ryan. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited tonight to welcome our guest, Jeff Harrell. Jeff is an ultramarathoner and a podcast host of the highly acclaimed Big Ass Runner podcast. I came to know of this podcast about a year ago when I started to dip my toes into the trail running world. And what I found was a community, um, a group of people who, number one, liked to laugh and didn't take themselves too seriously, but also had a deep love and passion for the sport. So when Ryan and I were talking about starting this podcast, and looking at potential guests, again, Jeff was was high on the list. So, Jeff, welcome to the Run, Lift, Grow podcast. And excited to be here. Highly acclaimed. That That's uh, kind words. I really appreciate that. And, and truly an honor to be one of your first guests. And I want to also just pause right here and say congratulations. As someone who's a content creator in this very space, I know how difficult it can be to get the thing off the ground and going. So congratulations to both of you guys and and nothing but, but big success. I hope my appearance on the show doesn't hurt your long-term success. <laughs> Not <forward>. at all. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. No, Jeff, we're super pumped to have you on. If you would, you know, take us back to the origin, wherever that may be, of what got you into running, what got you into the sport. Great question. I'm I'm a Clydesdale. I am a 6'4", 200 plus, you know, <laughs> I, I, we'll talk, probably talk about my foot injury. So I'm a little bit more plus than I, <laughs> I normally am, but I was a basketball player in high school okay. and running was punishment. You know, you ran when you did something wrong, you know, you, you would run, you know, 20 feet at a time down up and down the court, but running was a punishment. It was lines after practice or missed free throws, got to run. And so for me, I hated running. Uh, running was just a byproduct of playing basketball, but anything beyond that, I did not want to do. And it wasn't until later in, in life, and I had been a little bit sedentary, sedentary, I don't know what the word is, but I didn't move a lot, whatever that word is, <laughs> and had gotten really Clydesdale like I was I was a heavier person and I just knew I needed to do something started walking a little bit and then had some friends and this kind of goes back to we'll talk a lot about community you already mentioned it once Caleb community is so important mm -hmm. and I met some friends that I worked with and they were going to do a marathon and this was back in 2001 and back then I thought man a marathon I've never run more than maybe three miles 26.2 is nutso crazy. There's no way this Clydesdale is going to make it around 26.2, but they convinced me it could be done. And so we started training and just started chipping away at it, put together a plan, execute that plan. I did a lot of laps around a track by my house at night and just worked at it hard and and did it. And uh, the the story of the biggest runner came because of this experience. So I, you know, you're all excited about the race. You, there's a packet pickup, you know, I'd never done this before. There's a packet pickup. We're going to pick up the packet. It's going to have some cool stuff in there. And I grabbed my bib and looked at my number and it said division Clydesdale. I was like Clydesdale. That's those big ass horses. I must be a big ass runner. And so that's where big ass runner started. And that was my first haste of long distance running and I didn't really like it to be honest. And so I didn't completed the marathon. This is back. This is the Dallas marathon it used to be called the white rock marathon. And I didn't run again for a while. And then again, friends. So I had a group of friends, uh, big time workout guys. We're getting in shape and we started doing OCR races. So obstacle course races, mud runs, tough mudder, all, savage races, all that. And so we'd go out and we would train for these races on the trails. And I just found that I liked, I liked that part better. I'm, you know, as an, as not a real strong guy, I'm, Brian, not like yourself. I'm not, I'm not a strong guy <laughs> and OCRs are not made for six, four guys aren't real strong. Mm -hmm. 
And so I decided that I really enjoyed the trail. And then once you get a taste of trail running and you start diving into the YouTube videos and the races and you start to kind of jump into that, you sort of get the bug. And that's what happened to me. And a good friend of mine who's on, on the show from time to time, Tim Bazer, call him Timmy time. He said, Hey, I'll, I'll, I wanted to do an ultra. I don't know why I wanted to do an ultra. I wanted to do a 50 K and we decided we're gonna do the Bandera 50 K down close to San Antonio. And Timmy time said, I'll do it with you. And we did it and it was hard and it was awesome. And from then on, it's, it's been trail running and it's been ultra ultra running. So it, it's not the normal, uh, I don't know if there is a normal way into trail running, mm. but that's, that was my path is through basketball, through mud runs, but really through people that encouraged me to get out there and do something. So what I like about your story, Jeff, is, you know, you were very honest and you're like, Hey, I, you know, I did the marathon and I didn't really like it. <laughs> you know, it didn't necessarily quite catch on. And then certainly you found your passion on the trail. But I think that speaks to, you had talked about, you just kept doing the work. And we've talked about that with some of our other guests that have been on that, um, and it's a process and you really have to buy in to that consistency if you want to celebrate the outcome. Um so do you have any thoughts on, you know, I, I feel like in the sport, there's there's this conversation of, um, are you process-based? Are you outcome-based? Um, what do you think along the lines of that? What For you and your running, what would you say? It's a great question. And and there's, there's a phrase that I've started to use and I've become a running coach just through my love of running and want, want to give back. I'm at a point in my life, I'm a little more seasoned athlete, seasoned person. <laughs> That's code for old, older. <laughs> and I just want to give back. That's really what I think the pod, our podcast is about is we just want to give back to the running community. But there's a phrase as, as a coach that I've kind of latched onto. It's you want to aspire to the goal. So you want to picture yourself crossing the finish line, which is what I did for the marathon. I was like, I can't, I, I want to picture myself doing that. It's motivational. It's aspirational. I think I can do that. I wanted to do a hundred K. So I'm picturing finishing the crossing the finish line, getting that belt buckle. So you want to, you want to, you know, aspire to the goal, but you want to fall in love with the process hmm. because if you don't fall in love with the process, it quickly becomes rote, a chore, something you don't want to do, something you feel like you have to do. And then you start to resent it. Hmm. So I think aspire to the goal fall in love with the process. If you can do that and get those little wins, and even if you got to play tricks with yourself, like today's training, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a little, maybe a little game or something, but just fall in love with the process. The outcome will, will be there. So in, in those first two big races that you did after the, you know, the marathon and then the follow-up, obviously longer race in each of those races, how, how was your mental, you know, obviously you put in the training, but in my mind, I'm so interested in these long distance runs that people do. Cause I, I don't have the attention span. I always, I always ask the kid, what are guys thinking about for these hours that they're running? So for you, when you first started and I'm, and I'm sure your thought process has changed, you know, now that you've, you've done it and built that experience, you, you kind of know what to expect, but before you knew what to expect, what was your mental as you got into, you know, miles 10, 20, you know, and above, you started getting into these distances. How was your mental as you were experiencing that? You know, how'd your body handle it? And then mentally, how did you handle it? I think a, an ultra race is, you know, we talk about on, the sh on my show a lot. It's a metaphor for life. And you do a lot of life in one day, mm -hmm. sometimes two days. For my 100K, it was almost two days. <laughs> Barely made the cutoff. And in what I mean by that is you, there are highs and lows. There are times where you're like, I can't believe I'm out here doing this. This is incredible. I remember the black Canyon 100 I'm out in at midnight or later, probably later moon was shining. The, those huge, I can't, I got to find out the name of, it. I think they're Segoros or something. These, those ginormous cactuses or cacti, I think cacti. <laughs> technically, the sun, or excuse me, the moon was shining down, casting the shadow, and you could see the stars, no one around, because I'm really slow. You could see some headlights here and there. 
And I'm like, when else in the world am I going to experience this moment in time other than in a, in a trail race like this, I would never be out in the middle of nowhere if not for this amazing race that someone put on where I know I'm safe. I know there's an aid station up a few miles ahead. I know there's other people out here, although I can't, maybe can't see them. So that was a high. Mm -hmm. Then there's also the matching low. And I remember that came about 3 PM that same day because it, it was unseasonably hot. It's 81 degrees. That doesn't sound hot, but in February out in Arizona, people were dropping like flies. <laughs> And I remember this aid station, we knew it was a couple of miles ahead the person. I was just running with somebody, just a random person. And that's one of the great things about trail ranges, meet people. It's so communal. He had run out of water. I was low on water and the aid station was at the top of this hill. We're like, I got to climb this hill and get up there. And like, it's just a low, you're not feeling great. You know, it's three o'clock, you know, you're going to be running for another gosh, 10 hours or so. And so I guess to answer your question, it's, it's the series of, of highs and lows. And I think what you have to think mentally is the way I'm feeling right now, if, especially if it's a low, the way I'm feeling right now is not going to be the way I'm going to be feeling even in 30 minutes or an hour. And so you just have to kind of prepare yourself for that and almost embrace it. Like, Hey, here's a low point. I'm going to fight through this because I know there's a, there's a high somewhere down the line. Now, sometimes there's a not, sometimes there's not, sometimes you get to mm -hmm. a point where you got a DNF. That's part of it. But mentally for me, first of all, I and mean, people say, gosh, how can you spend 18 hours out there? You just sort of mentally go, okay, I'm going to be out here all day. This is going to be an adventure full of fun, full of incredible moments there's going to be highs and lows. So you're not surprised when there's lows. You're not surprised when there's highs. You embrace all of it. And at the end of it, when you cross that finish line, you have all those memories that you've gathered along the way that you can then talk about on a podcast. So yeah, that's, that's how I, that's how I approach it. No, it's so good, Jeff. I I'm curious now our listeners won't be able to see this, but um, I see behind you, uh, it looks like a photo and it's got the word Bandera on it. So you've already referenced that you have, um, a couple of times, I believe ran the Bandera 50 K. It seems like you have a special relationship with that race. Um, we'll get more into the podcasting here in a little bit, but I also know that, um, you and some of, uh, your guests on your podcast work at one of the aid stations there. So I was wondering if you could, um, talk about that race, um, in, in your relationship to it? What draws you to it? Love this question. And when I was trying to pick out my first ultra 50 K just kind of looked at races around. We didn't want something really close. We wanted something where we had to at least travel a, some distance to. I'd heard about Bandera because it's a, it's a golden ticket race, which for your listeners, you may know a golden ticket race means that if you are in the top two, if you finish in first or second, you get a golden ticket to Western States, which is the Super Bowl for trail running in the U.S. Mm -hmm. UTMB would probably be the Super Bowl for global. And so it's a, it's a significant race. People know about it. Got significant runners that are there. So I had heard about it. I knew it was close to San Antonio. So that, that'll be a good one. I think that'll be a good time to go travel down to the hill country and experience a little bit different terrain than we have here in North Texas. By the way, I'm in, I'm in North Dallas area. And so just in the timing was right because I, I wanted a race that was early in the year so that I could train. It's hot here in the summer. You don't get a lot of good long miles in the summer. You get those mainly in the fall. So I wanted a race that was early in the year. So the timing was perfect. Location was perfect. I knew Tejas Trails was the, the race company that puts it on high quality. I think that's, that's a tip I would add to anybody. If you're thinking about doing a race, look at the race company because that can make or break your experience based on how well they run a race. So I knew Tejas Trails, amazing company. And so picked it, watched a couple videos and said, Hey, let's do this one. Tim, Timmy Times like, let's do it. That was 2017. And I remember very well. We're all it's cold in the morning. The gun's five minutes away from going off. You know, we're about to we're about to journey onto this 50 K I'd never done more than a marathon, obviously, but that'd been 15 years ago or so. And so 
a little nervous like everybody else. And we're Timmy time and I are both Enneagram sevens, which means we're, we're, we're outgoing. We love people. We love to have fun. So we're meeting as many people as we can. We're meeting people, you know, that was one of our, our goals is meet as many people as you can. And that's one of the things about trail running that that's so special. We met these two guys from, I think they were from Minnesota and they were talking to us and they're like, why'd you pick this race? And we were like, well, I don't know. It just, you know, it was the right time. It was, they said, this is one of the hardest races. That's why it's a golden ticket race. And we're like, oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. So race starts. It's a great day. We both have a lot of fun. Timmy Time's fat, way faster than I am. He waited for me most of the time. I told him finally to take off. But we both finished, had a great time. Came back to your point the following year. The following year, got to know the race director, Chris McWaters. And Chris said, hey, if you'd ever liked to run an aid station, we would love for you to do that. Well, I had remembered one aid station in particular. It's one that's 10 miles from the finish line. It's called Chapas and it's this barn and we're the big ass runner, right? So we're, you know, at the time we hadn't started the podcast, but I knew I was a big ass runner. I knew I was a Clydesdale, like barn's perfect, man. That's where, that's like where we like to hang out. <laughs> I had sat in that barn when I did my race for quite a while. Cause I, I knew I was going to finish, but man, I wanted to get those mashed potatoes and so Chris is like, Hey, I'd love for you to run an aid station. We want you to run the, the Chappas aid station. And so we did that three years ago and we've done it every year, every year since. And I think for us, it is a way that we can give back. So if you've ever been through an aid station, you know, it's man, those people are kind of like your crew. They're there to support you, to help obviously give you nutrition and anything that you might need in whatever condition you're in, but we love it because we are at, like I said, we're 10 miles from the finish. So we're, we're at mile 22 and we're at mile 52. If you're doing the hundred K because there's a hundred K version out there at Bandera. And so we're kind of your last big aid station. So we, and we love that because we love to see the runners and encourage them. And we, we have music going and we've got the fun and we've got the lights and our goal is to be the best aid station, not that we're competitive or anything, <laughs> best aid station and get those runners energized, encouraged so that they can make it to the finish line. So yeah, to your point, it's, it's very close to my heart. I love that race. I, I love where it is. I love the location. I love the people involved. I love the aid station, where we are, the structure of the barn. It's just, it's yeah, to me, that's, that's what trail running is all about. And what was cool this past year is Aravipa decided to, to live stream the race mm. because it was a big race. You had Courtney Dewalter was there. You had Lucy Bartholomew were in the 50 K. There were a lot of significant runners there. And so it was just so much fun. It almost felt like, you know, the, the trail running festival <laughs> It was just so much fun, but yeah, that that's, Thank you for for knowing that because that is a very special race for me. Absolutely. And I'll say this. I was watching that live stream, Jeff, and every time in the chat someone would mention El Chapas, all I could think of was was you guys. And of course, they were just referencing the aid station, but I was thinking, oh my gosh, that's my crew out there. That's um, right. Yeah. So the other thing I'd like to share with you, uh, you know, listening to your podcast and and hearing you talk a lot about giving back. And, and of course, you have a lot of guests on that that share their stories and their whys and how they give back to the running community. It's actually inspired me to to volunteer for one of the more storied ultras here in Ohio, Burning River, um, in July. So, you know, I, I listened, I listened to this and I said, you know what, like I I want to serve others now. You know, I want to be, you know, I always hear Jeff talking about getting his runners amped up as they come in and and, and leave Chapa. So I said, you know, I want to do that. So so I want to say thank you to you for kind of inspiring me to to put myself out there and volunteer and and kind of, you know, jump into the community even more. I think it can it can in some ways be more rewarding than actually running the race yourself because you play a small part in a lot of people either succeeding or not succeeding the, the first, I'll tell a quick story. The first year we did Chapa's, I think it was actually it was 2020 because it was the first race. It was the beginning of 2021. It was the beginning of 2021. It was the first race that was live after the pandemic. And so we had a lot of people there, people flying in from all over because they were so hungry to do some kind of a trail race. And the weather was really bad. And I remember at the very end of that race, 
a gentleman came through, the older gentleman, a seasoned person, and he was not prepared for the wet and the cold, and he was literally shivering. Mm-hmm. And he his goal was to finish this race, but in his situation, there was no way he was going to finish it. And Stephen Pritt, who was co-host of the Big S Runner for a period of time, he's still part part of the show from time to time. Literally took the rain jacket off of his self, put it on Bill. His guy's name was Bill, and zipped it up and said, "We want you to finish. You have to finish." And he did. He took off and finished. And they wrote us a letter afterwards. And actually, they came out this past year. We got to see him because Bill had a had a pacer also named Bill, who's a Marine, and the Marine now ran, and the other Bill paced him. So it was just one of those sweet moments of we played a little small part in helping Bill finish. It was really his pacer bill that played the bigger part, but we played a small part. They came back, shared that with us. We got to be another part of the other bills finishing the race. So it was, it was just one of those reciprocal sweet moments that I think you can only find in trail running. Now that's, that's a great story and staying on the lines of giving back. And you've talked about the years since you've gotten into the sport, as you sit here today, if you were to give your best advice to someone that was getting ready for their first trail run, what are the top few bullet points that you would give somebody on how to physically and mentally approach it for it to be the most enjoyable experience? Again, results, you know, in times aren't necessarily the biggest thing, right? So many people just aspire to finish. And so if you were to even tell your younger self or someone else looking to get into trail running, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I could go. So I could probably talk for an hour on this question. I've had it asked before. And I I, I always say the first thing I want you to do is because someone says, Hey, either I'm a road runner and I want to run a, run a, you know, an ultra hit the trails, or I'm kind of new to trail running, but I want to do an ultra. What do I do? And I say, the first thing you want to do is you want to sign up for a race. You want to find it far enough out six months, probably, or more, but I want you to sign up for a race because mm-hmm. what I found is and it's kind of like starting a podcast. If you put a date on it and you put some skin in the game, it becomes real. Yep. So that's my first piece of advice. If, if you're thinking about doing it, Find one, talk to some people, find out good, a good running company, find out what, what kind of race you want to do. Is it, you want to do a loop? Do you want to down about it? do some research, but sign up for a race because to me that makes it real. And from there you're going, okay, now it's real. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to get there. And we talked about falling in love with the process a little bit earlier. So then, then you've got to figure out, okay, what's my plan to get myself ready for that. Cause you know, you want to, you want to make sure you're ready to run whatever distance that you're running. Um, so a couple of pieces of advice, one would be find a community because when it gets hard and it's, you're just you, you're probably gonna, you know, it's easier to quit than, it, than when you have people around you to encourage you. Sure. So find a community. And then there's so many great resources, find a great podcast like yours, you know, hire a coach if you can. I remember at Bandera, that, that story I told earlier, our first year, 2017, we met some people and they're like, yeah, our coach told us to do this. And I'm like, your coach, man, you must be like elite. You must be amazing. (laughs) You have a coach. And what I've come to learn is training coaching is just like getting lessons in golf. It's someone that can help you create a plan, can give you the wisdom, the experience to get you from where you are today across the finish line. And so if you have the means, there's lots of great coaches out there. I think getting a coach is is a, is a wise thing to do. I did that when I wanted to do the, the 100K because I knew enough but I didn't know everything and I'd never done a hundred K. And so I wanted to make sure that I put my best foot forward. I didn't make any major mistakes and having a coach really helped me. So that's another thing. And then I think too, I want you to tell yourself, I'm I'm talking to the person that's thinking about doing it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. I've had so many people go, Oh, I can never, I can never run 50 miles. I can never do, you know, 50 K. I, you absolutely can. Absolutely can. If this Clydesdale can do 100K, 
you can do it, but you've got to convince yourself that you can do it. Because if you don't think you can do it, when it gets hard, because it's going to get hard, when it gets hard, you're going to quit. So convince, tell yourself you can do it because you can tell other people as well, have, have that support system, but you can do it. And no, you don't have to run the whole thing. You can hike. <laughs> it's okay to hike. That's right. <laughs> so those are some of the things I could probably go on for an hour. There's probably a hundred things I could, I would tell you, but those would be some of the, probably the bigger things I would hit on. That's perfect. So you had mentioned earlier, Jeff, that you know, when you were running the aid station, one of the things that you kept saying was we want to encourage. Um, and that kind of ties into your podcast because that's one of the words in your in your byline or your motto or your mantra, whatever, uh, to entertain and encourage runners. So if you can, let's kind of um let's take the next step here and talk about um starting the podcast and what your vision of it was at the beginning. And how does that compare to what the podcast is today? It's a really good question because we started in July of 2020, like everybody else, when there was a pandemic and everyone's like, what are we going to do? We're at home. Let's start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a content marketer by trade. And my running buddy, Steven's also a content marketer by trade. So we, you know, he, we're running buddies. And so we would, we would run the trails. We would talk about stories, things that happened. And we we're like, hey, we should, we should start a podcast. And we're podcast consumers and I had been listening to a lot of trail running podcasts and and there's a a ton of great ones out there. Most of them tend to focus on elite athletes or tend to be super technical. And I didn't see anything that was a little bit more on the encouraging side, the everyday runner side. And also I was influenced by, there's a local sports radio station. Uh, called the ticket and they're they're a sports station but they don't always talk about sports they it's kind of sports affiliated if you will it's more fun funny not as encouraging as i you know the, our podcast but i sort of modeled the show after i just think what if we had you know two segments kind of like a like a radio show and we had a, kind of a middle section where that was about shout outs and kudos. So we're going to shout out and give someone a shout out and a kudo that did something epic that week. And that's kind of how we started it. And so we knew Timmy time was just a great guy. wanted him on the show and we thought, okay, well, we need to, we need to create a voiceover to do the intro. And then I thought, you know, I, I think this show is really more about the listener than it is about us. I think it's more about the listener than it is about the shiny voiceover. So I said, we, we haven't even launched the show yet, but I wonder, because we started an Instagram page, I wonder if we can get some people to do an intro. So that's how we started. Like every intro is a listener doing the intro. And so that's kind of how we've modeled the show. It's it's more about encouraging, entertaining. We've got Timmy Time on there singing songs. You can't sing very well. <laughs> but for us, road trips were such an important part of tr- of trail running and the experience, and we wanted to bring that those experiences to the show. And so, you know, we he'd sing songs, and Stephen, who was, knew it was so funny, had to, had to do a little bit of backstory. So Stephen, super great guy, total gearhead, loves gear, loves. He grew up in a bubble where he doesn't know any music. Like if you said you know, tell me about, give me an Ario Speedwagon song. He'd be had no idea, like no idea. So we'd be on these road trips singing these songs and Steven would have no clue. <laughs> so our concept was Timmy time's going to sing a song really out of tune and funny. Cause he's just Timmy time. And Steven's going to try to guess and again, really hasn't nothing to do with trail running, although it's just part of our trail running experience. And so that's, that's how we launched the show. It was is a heavy dose of entertainment. We wanted to make sure it was encouraging. We did the shout out and kudos in the middle. We had, you know, we started the why I runs and things like that. To answer your specific question, I think it's evolved a little bit into less, I don't know if silly is the right word, but but we definitely dive into a little bit more technical stuff. Not like, hey, you know, here's how you do a fart lick correctly. More, more like how do you pace someone? How do you cruise someone? Um, you just 
racing strategy, nutrition strategy, all that, but for the everyday runner, not for the elite folks who can, you know, run a hundred K with a handheld, but for those of us who need PB and J's at every aid stage, like that kind of stuff. So it has evolved a little bit. I think if you listen to the early episodes, it's a little bit more like a, a funny radio station. I think it's evolved into a little bit more of a mature, hopefully a little bit more of a mature podcast. It, again, we've ne- we haven't changed one thing though, and that's to really focus on our listener. We call it the big ass runner herd. We want the listener to be the hero. We're just there to kind of help navigate and provide structure, but we want, honestly, if I could have every segment be our listener and we do segment called why run, it's just someone sharing their why, you know, why different for everybody, but every why that I've ever heard, I resonate with part of it. And then part of it is unique. And that's what's so special about it. Uh, We've started doing a segment called inside the herd. So it's just getting to know our listeners that we're going to launch one on Monday from a buddy of ours named Moose that lives out in Arizona. So you know, if I could do every segment that was focused on our listener, I think the show would, would be, that would be the kind of dream show I'd want to have. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when you guys started this and it certainly speaks to, to your profession, but you, you identified an area that just wasn't being fulfilled. Um, and you stepped into that and, and I think your show does a great job of it. You know, you had mentioned some other running podcasts. You know, I love listening to Single Track. I love Free Trail, um, but they're very specific to the elites, right? Um, and I almost feel at times when I'm listening to it, I can pull some things out of this, but I don't think there's much that I can relate this to my running. So, what I really appreciate about your podcast is um, that I can relate a, a lot of what you guys talk about to my own personal running, um, and that's helpful. Um, the one thing that I will say is I hid. So when I had first reached out uh, or sorry, when I first started listening to the podcast, I reached out and I think I just sent like your Instagram um, account, a message and just said, Hey, I love the podcast, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And you immediately had responded back and you had said, Hey, how about you come on and do an intro for the show? So at that point, I think I'd only listened to like maybe one or two episodes. So I thought it was just this one-off thing that you had like a like maybe a really close buddy do the intro. And uh, and as I listened to more, I was like, man, that is so cool how it is centered on the listener. And I uh it's funny, Jeff. I so I recorded that and I sent it to my to Ryan and a group of some other guys. I'm like, you guys have to listen to this and, and tune into this episode. And uh, it was really cool. I ended up doing a review for your show. And uh, you even had a little, you know, short segment where you talked about the review and you read it. So um, listeners, when I, when Jeff says that the show is focused on the community and the listeners, it truly, truly is. So if you haven't checked it out, we're going to link all of that in the show notes for you to, to go connect with Jeff and, and the Big Ass Runner team. As the pod has evolved, how has that changed like your approach to running to the sport and just your, your overall impression of things. Cause I'm sure prior to getting all the feedback from the pod, you know, you had your own goals and your own ideas of things, but then naturally when you have the audience that you have now, has that changed, you know, your approach to why you continue to do it? Has it changed how you, how you train, why you train, you know, how has the evolution of your pod and of your personal growth, you know, how has that changed over time? Yeah, I love this question because I think, like I said, when we started this, it was to entertain and encourage. And I think it's evolved into wanting to just serve the running community. And I think in in serving the running community, we've we've brought on guests like Coach Greg, who's a trail running coach. We've had Dr. G, who's a clinical psychologist. We've had Eve Pearson, who's a nutritionist. We have had uh, our our friend Kelly, who is a personal trainer, so we we try to add and serve the community in a way that just brings information for the everyday runner. Through that experience, I've gained all this knowledge. <laughs> you know, I'm sort of like I'm the beneficiary. Of this this is awesome. I'm learning all this from these people that are way smarter than I am. And over the last two and a half years, it has instilled in me and kind of developed in me this love of the sport, but also this love of helping other people get to the finish line. I wouldn't have said that two and a half years ago. I think two and a half years ago would have been more like, hey, someday I want to run a a 
you know, hundred K so I can get a belt buckle and maybe I'll do a hundred miler. And those, those two things are still true. But what's also true now is I want to help other people do that. And so what it's meant for me is an evolution into wanting to become a, a running coach. And so I went through the OSCA certification. And so now I'm a certified running coach about to do a second certification because I want, I want to add as much value to my, my runners, my athletes as I can. And so I'm trying to learn all the different methodologies and all the things I want to geek out on it. So my athletes don't have to worry about it. I can provide that value for them. So the evolution and kind of, I guess, transition for me, transformation, maybe the best word has gone from focused on me, just in entertaining and encouraging when we were still, we were focused on the listener. Don't get me wrong, but we were also benefiting as, as athletes, as runners to kind of the transformation towards me wanting to just pour back into other people so that they can also experience what I have, that feeling of crossing the finish line, that, that feeling of getting your first ultra under your belt. Okay. Now I want to do a, a belt buckle race. Let's do that. So yeah, for me now it's more about giving back and it's probably my stage of life too. I think that that's kind of, you know, you move from consultant to coach in your life with your kids, my kids, mm -hmm. I'm now empty nesting. And so now I used to be a coach for them when they were in the house and now I'm a consultant. They want to ask for my advice. I'm going to, I'm going to give it, but I'm not going to get in your business. <laughs> so now, you know, I'm kind of like, I want to help other runners, especially new runners, everyday runners, Clydesdales. That's kind of where my sweet spot is. There's plenty of great coaches for elites, uh, but I want to help that everyday runner cross that finish line, get that same feeling that I've gotten. So that's been my transformation, I think, over the last two and a half years. I love that, listeners. If you are the type of runner that Jeff just described, uh, again, go to the show notes. We're going to put a link to his um, coaching business. If uh, Jeff, I don't know if you're taking on athletes right now, but um, if you are, we'll uh, put that up and uh, and you can just kind of hear it through through this interview. Um, Jeff will be focused on you and, and helping you reach that ultimate goal of crossing the line. I appreciate that, Caleb. And it is a very small roster. I I, I want to really feel like, I want you to feel like you're my only athlete. And if I get to the point where you don't feel that way, then my roster is too big. So that's, that's the goal. And so, yeah, I would love to work with anybody that's, that's interested. Awesome. So let's transition. I know you had referenced this earlier um, that you just had a recent foot surgery. So if you could kind of fill us in there and I'd like to know, um, you know, when you were going through that recovery, what was that like not being able to run? How did you cope? How did you deal with it? And maybe give us an update on your health and and I guess what your goals are moving through this year. Didn't cope well. I'll, I'll start with that. Uh, yeah, I had, I had a bunion in my left foot that needed surgery at some point. And what it was doing is it was causing, this makes me sound so old, Kylie makes me sound <laughs> so old. I had a bunion that gave me gout. So, and that's painful. If anyone's ever had gout before, it feels like a knife is being shoved into your, into your toe joint. It's not, it's not fun. And I had been at a conference and the gout flared up. I went and saw a podiatrist and he's like, Hey Jeff, I think it's time to have the surgery. And, and I, any, I mentioned Enneagram seven, we're like, Hey, it was fun. Hey, okay. A couple of weeks off my, off my feet. I'll be, I'll be back in no time. I didn't ask the right number of questions, first of all, because this was a lot more significant of a surgery than, than I realized it was a two hour surgery and 12 weeks of off your feet. So I'm on a, I'm on a knee rover scooting around on my, you know, my little knee rover and, uh, yeah, no running, no, no anything really for, um, for, for eight weeks. And then I was able to Peloton a little bit and, uh, do a little bit of elliptical, but that happened to December 7th was the surgery. And I just got on, on March 10th, I got the thumbs up to run. So I'm back out there, 20 pounds heavier. So <laughs> that tells you anything on how I, I coped with it. You know, I tried, I think running sometimes hides a less than stellar diet. And as you get older, that becomes harder to hide. And when you're not burning a thousand calories, cause you're out, you know, running five to 10, 12 miles, 
those thousand calories stay in your body. And so I, I did gain some weight. It's not about weight. It's more about how do you feel? Do you feel healthy? I didn't feel healthy. I'm still not quite there. I'm working with E. Pearson, who's a nutritionist. She's phenomenal. Getting back at it. Um, it's funny, though. I would say the mistake I made is you. there's a snowball effect. Like, okay, I can't run. So if I can't run, well, I don't really want to eat very well because I'm not running. I'm not fueling my body. So I'm not eating very well. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to spend my time as wide. Like it, there's a snowball that happens for me anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's the mistake I made is, is I let the, the non-running affect the eating affect pretty much every element of my life. And so that's one of the things I think is so important with just being active and moving, be it weightlifting or running that growth. You guys, you guys are, you know, all about the growing it, you grow in the middle, but you don't grow as a person. And so it was hard. And I think, you know, you referenced the mental side as hard as it was not to run physically. And I was in pain physically, the foot hurt, all that. I think the mental side was the hardest because I did let all those thoughts and I, you know, you're not doing, you're not doing what you're going to manifest, manifest, manifest itself into not doing the other things I could be, I could be, I can eat well, I can eat well when I'm not running, but I but didn't want to, cause mentally I'm like, ah, forget it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you kind of forget too how therapeutic just getting out on the trails are, you know, for us ultra runners, we, we spent a lot of time in the woods thinking through things, contemplating, uh, making decisions, uh, brainstorming. A lot of the ideas for the show I would get on the trails and just thinking about things. And so I don't, I don't listen to a lot of music on the trails. And so all that time was gone. So, you know, I, I missed that. So mentally it was, it was really difficult as well, but I just, I look at it as a low. And as I mentioned earlier on the show with, with a low, usually comes a high. And so getting that news that I could get back on the, on my feet and run again, I haven't hit the trails yet. I've been going around a track just because it's a little bit softer, Hmm. but the, the mental side has improved. The eating has improved. So we're heading the right direction, but yeah, it, it it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It it was tough. And I think, I think it's, I let the, the lack of physical, physical activity affect other areas of my life where I shouldn't have. So Jeff, that's a perfect point. So as you got that clear to get back on, on your feet and be hitting the trails and and be training again, I'm curious, do you have timelines aside? Do you have a a dream race or or a bucket list of races that that you would like to complete in your career? I do. I do. There's, there's a couple and and one was going to happen this year, but I've got a a nephew who decided to get married on the same day as a race. (laughs) Caleb may know this one. So there's a, there's a race out in Montana called the white fish trail race. It's a 50 K at the, uh, entrance of the glacier national park. Ooh. Had him on the show a couple of, almost probably almost been two years ago. That is on my bucket list. Cause I did some research after I talked to them and it is amazing. I mean, there's a lot of vert. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a tough one, but it is gorgeous. So I can't do it this year because my cousin, because my nephew's getting married, but, but 2024, it's going to happen. There it is. That's one. Another one is I, I didn't know until I did. So I'm one of those people like, let's, let's, I usually, Hey, I'm gonna do a hundred miler. I'm gonna do a hundred miler. We haven't done a hundred K yet. So let's start there. So I decided when I signed up for the black Canyon hundred K, I'm going to, I'm going to let that race dictate if I want to do a hundred miler. Cause it wasn't like, I absolutely have to do it. Like it was a dream for, you know, for years, it was just one of those, is it something I want to do or not? You know, sometimes you have those things like, is this really something I want to do? Sure. And then after doing the hundred K I, I felt like, yes, I absolutely want to do a hundred miler. So I've picked the Bighorn 100 that's going to be in 2024. So it's almost a year and probably it's about 14 months away. I think it's in June in Wyoming. And that is a, a down and back. So it's a 50 mile down and back. 
and it's a another gorgeous race. The thing about that race is uh, kind of like the Barkley marathons, the weather can get you. So if it's a good weather year, you could have a great experience. If it's a bad weather year, you may have a different kind of experience. So, so those two, Ryan, to answer your question are, are on the bucket list and, and there there's a desire also to do some races in just other parts of the country. We have listeners all over the U S certainly, but you'd be shocked at some of the, I look at the, you know, list of top cities and listeners and two of them are in Australia of the top 10. Well, and like, man, how cool would it be to go to Australia and, and do a race? Um, so I, there, there's some other ones too. I haven't identified any, but those two for sure. And then I would love to do some international races as well. And then not to run, but just to go serve at, I, I and I, I filled out a volunteer for Western States. I haven't heard from them yet. I would love to do, <laughs> Just serve at that one. I would love to serve at Leadville. You know, some of these races that are just kind of on the, I guess on the, uh, as you think about the races in trail, the trail running space, those epic ones, I would love to go, go serve, maybe not even run, just go serve. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, the, the, the way to qualify for Western. And then once you qualify, you know, it's not even a promise that you'll get in, but even to volunteer it's tough to, to get into yes. volunteer. <laughs> I know. I was like, come on. I'll, I'll, I serve PB and J's with the best of them. That's right. So, you know, being a content creator, I would love to know, and Ryan and I would love to know, we were chatting about this before uh, you came on the zoom call, but we're curious, what are some, what are some of the podcasts that you're tuned into now? You can share maybe some in the trail space. I, I'd like to hear maybe a couple there, but also outside of the trail space, what are some, some podcasts that you're really tuned into and listening to now? You know, it, it's changed a little bit because of the coaching. And so recently I've been listening to, you know, to uh, David Roche's podcast and I, I, it's a great podcast. I struggle a little bit with it because I'm, I'm looking for those coaching nuggets. And so I have to kind of, wait on those because they, they tend to be farther into the episode. Uh, and then Jason Coop actually created the, the curriculum for the USCA certification that I did. His, his tends to be really technical and data driven. Yeah. But there are some super strong nuggets in there. And, and so th those two for, for coaching. And then I just, I don't have other ones. I'm like, I'm hit them every week. There's another one I've found more recently. It's it's by Rory and AJ Vaden, and they're they're all about that. They're in the marketing space, and they're actually in the in the brand building space. So they have a show called Influential Personal Brand Podcast, and so that's one I've been I've been finding some real real good value out of as well. So that's more in the like creative marketing. Uh, fun kind of learning space. And I tell you, I need to ask Steven because Steven is the podcast guru. He's always listening to all kinds of cool stuff, but those, those are the ones, I don't know if you guys have found this. I was more prolific podcaster before I started my own because I'm so busy getting my show done. And we just launched, I think, you know, this, uh, Kayla, we just launched a, uh, a, a new, so we, we drop a show every Monday but now every other Thursday, we have a kind of a bonus episode we're calling Coaching Corral. And it's just me and two other coaches talking about coaching topics that help runners. And so so now we're doing six episodes a month. And so I don't have a ton of time for other podcasts, which is unfortunate. But those are the ones that I kind of focus on. Nay, I think from a time management, and we, we had talked about that, knowing you know how busy you are and how, yeah, you definitely would have to be managing your time very effectively and efficiently. Uh, at this point in the game. Now, this this is just a, a hypothetical. I just have a question for you. So knowing now how passionate you are about coaching and as someone who's also transitioning into the love of coaching more so than competing, if you were forced to never run again or never coach again, which would you choose? It's pretty easy. I, I think never run again. Yeah, I, I, I think it's because of... I've, I've, I've accomplished some of the things I've wanted to, not everything, but, but most, most of what I've wanted to accomplish. My kids are out of the house. I just had my first grandchild. Yeah, she's, 
Yeah, she's going to be, uh, she was born on Cinco de Mayo, so she's about to be one. One day after my birthday, Jeff, let's go. Oh, really? Oh, see, now I know when to celebrate you, Caleb. Star Wars day. <laughs> That's right. So for me in my stage of life, it's about, it's about giving back. And so if, if I can't coach, but can run, then that's all about me. And mm -hmm. if I can't run and, and can coach, then I get to pour in other people. So I, I would, I would pick that. So as we start to to wrap up here, um, Ryan, did you have any, anything else you wanted to touch on here with Jeff? No, Jeff, super appreciate you coming on, man. Really appreciate your time. I can't believe it's been an hour. Oh my goodness. Wild. That is crazy. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm honored to be one of your first guests and I'm super excited for you guys. I, the journey that we have been on for the last two and a half years has been so much fun. And so I'm excited for you as you guys pour into your listeners. And so I will, I will, you got a listener right here. I'm, I'm excited to hear you kick off and, uh, and listen to, to these episodes. I'm very excited for you. That's much appreciated. We, we are grateful. And again, like I said before, honored that you would come on uh, real quick, Jeff, if you could, um, we've already said your podcast name, Big Ass Runner Podcast. We'll put that in. Where can people um, follow you on Instagram, uh, Strava, anything like that? Absolutely. Strava, there's that. We actually have a Big Ass Runner Strava group. So join that if you'd like to. I'm on Strava as well. You can go to bigassrunner.com, go to bigassrunnercoaching.com. That'll take you to the coaching business. On Instagram, we are bigassrunner. I will give you a word of warning. If you're typing into search, don't stop at big ass. <laughs> Keep typing or you'll get some results that, that might shock you. <laughs> yeah, we're on Instagram at, at bigassrunner, some underlines in there. And then my personal Instagram is Jeff Harrell Yo. Love it. Well, again, Jeff, thank you. Um, we really appreciate it. We hope there was something you gained from this conversation. Our goal is that you would take away inspiration that allows you to go an extra mile in your next run or add another pound to your next lift. Until next time, run towards your goals, lift up others, and grow your perspective. Mm -hmm.